He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Fair regulation to me means rules and regulations that protect the short-term rental community and don't hurt the short-term rental community. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns, and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm your host, Will Slickers, and today I have the main man, Theron Lewis, who is the Mr. Advocacy, which I love hearing that just because it's such a powerful message, and Theron actually almost lost his business to an STR band, and he actually ended up getting it pulled through advocacy measures that he put in place with his business, his city, his destination, so Theron, welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. How are you doing? Doing great. So glad to be on. I, you know, I've been waiting for this. Uh, uh, Will, I, I'm, this is this is this is this is great stuff. Thank you so much. Well, content. This is good stuff. <clears throat> thank you so much. And uh, it was so cool to find. Like the first interaction I ever had with you was hearing you on a clubhouse room, where you were talking about advocacy measures to put in place and how can hosts, property managers, real estate investors, all the above, all stakeholders, um, really be an advocate for their destination and help, you know, promote proper fair regulation if that is what's needed um, in their destination without having to go through these extreme measures of a bunch of business owners losing their, their, their livelihood. And um, I just love the message that you were given on that room. So uh, I stayed tuned in. I was listening and following along with you, started following all your social media. I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. So glad that you actually took the opportunity to, to chat with me because after that, we've had multiple conversations, um, you know, yeah. you to learn about each other's businesses and what you're doing and how you're doing it and just what your the important role of like your learnings and your experiences that you're sharing with the world. It's just incredible. So I just want to say thank you for being on the show. Will, I got to say thank you. Um, you know, you broadcasting this to to the world and letting people know about this stuff because a lot of people still don't. Most people, most organizations, most um, business owners in the space, they just don't know about this. And, you know, with me and you, we're, we're fighting the good fight here. So I appreciate being on your podcast. 
I love it. I love it. Well, we, we had mutual connections with uh, our good friends at Rent Responsibly and a few other things like that. But I want to know your story. So what is like the origin that got you into short-term rentals? And then from short-term rentals to then getting that band pulled in your city, uh, I'm curious to, to hear where it began. For sure. So um, let's see. I'm, I'm going down memory lane here. So uh, I was totally always into real estate. I was so into real estate that I moved to Detroit to be in the auto industry. That makes sense, right? No, yeah. that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So no, I was not always in real estate. Um, and just to let everybody know, I do real estate development now, but I started off as a uh, engineer at GM and I thought that was like my dream. Like when I got out of school, I, I'd done a big project in uh, college for, uh, we, we, we put together an 18 wheeler engine and it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is it. And like, I think a lot of people, when they get into the work, the workforce, uh, yeah. they think they like something and then they get in there and they're like, they realize they hate it. And I was like, oh, dude, I, I cannot stay in this job this long. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And even getting out of school, I had read different books, uh, like the four hour work week, which I think, you know, a yeah. lot of entrepreneurs uh, have on their book, bookshelf, um, read some, some other material from other people. And it was, it was one of those things where I knew I wanted to get into entrepreneurship as I graduated. And I was like, I just have to figure it out. So it, I started off working um, at GM and just trying different businesses to see what I wanted to do. And uh, from multiple other failed businesses that are in totally different spaces, uh, I want to say, uh, you know, e-commerce, it's it's not as easy as it looks, guys. All right. This is my warning. Uh, Go to real estate. That's, that's my recommendation. But uh, I went from that to actually renting a space on Airbnb and it was just to pay bills so that I could continue my e-commerce business. And yeah. then after a while, I realized, wait, e-commerce is just all over the place, but I'm getting a steady flow of income from renting to, uh, to you know, r- renting my space to others. So you know, I had a room that I was renting out and I was like, I think I need to look more into this and switch it up. So I actually started looking at a bunch of different content. And back then, this was like 2015 and 2015 slash 2016. And there wasn't a whole lot out there. And uh, there's there's somebody named Sean Rakijic of Airbnb Automated. I was looking up all of their stuff because it was just all the stuff I could find on YouTube. And I was just looking at all of that content. And uh, that was one of the things that really made me take the plunge. And so I had... Um, I basically left my left my job, uh, decided to start scaling, uh, and this was around the twenty early twenty eighteen point where I really decided to leave my job and start scaling. Uh, but that's I never looked back after that. It was uh, one of those things where you know I didn't have everything saved up that I wanted to. I, you know, it wasn't a perfect plan, but it was like I'm going to make this happen, and you know I'm still here, and and and, and we're, we're we're growing really really well. So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to, to to have made that step, and um, I, I definitely don't regret it by by any means, you know. And now we're talking together, and 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 there's just so much of an impact that we've been able to make uh, over the years. <clears throat> That's awesome. So now explain this because, like, this is a I feel like the traditional untraditional way for a lot of us to get into this space is right. entrepreneurial like heart from mm-hmm. the get go. 
doing mm-hmm. like something else, whether it's e-commerce or like for me, it was a failed chauffeur and event company. Then Uber took over. So I had like no idea how to compete. And then getting into hospitality because it was more of like a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, oh my gosh, like this is actually one, what I love too. Like I can actually make a real business. Like I can create something. And, yeah. uh, and you saw that opportunity while going through another opportunity that you, you thought was a, the right path, which I find really interesting how a lot of us like entrepreneurs or just people in the, in the short-term rental space have, you know, accidentally fell in, uh, fallen into short-term rentals. Exactly. Exactly. Like I say, uh, on, on all my, uh, clubhouse broadcasts, I'm like, I am just like you guys. I, I, I started very similarly to people. And when these bands, when, when, yeah. when the band of Detroit started happening, I was, you know, in the same position. I, I am, I was not a politician. I didn't, you know, I had no training on this. So it's something that like, I want people to know I'm just yeah. like you. And if I can do it, you guys can do it too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so tell me about that. So Life was coming, you know, life was good. You started realizing Airbnb, short-term rentals, all this stuff was a, a way to change your life, a way to create a business and create something that had meaning to you. And then this band comes into place. So yeah. kind of walk us through, one, how did you find out? What were you feeling? What were your thoughts going through your head at that time? And then what was your first step in action that you took in order to try to save your business that you worked so hard to get? For sure. So, oh man, I'm, I'm going to tell it to you like this, because I feel like this is a good way for people to experience it, how I experienced it. So think about, you know, you again, again, I spent years researching and, and, and uh, just working with one listing before I decided to scale. And I was doing all of the right things. Okay. All the things that were told to do, I did. So I looked at the city regulations and, and really checked to see if this was, um, uh, something that's allowed and legal in Detroit to operate Airbnbs. And it was not only legal and allowed, the mayor of Detroit was in Airbnb commercials talking about how great it was. So if that's not an endorsement to get started, I don't know what is. I was like, okay, great. I, I, I hit the jackpot here. I, I picked the best place, you know, regulations wise to start my business. So, or to scale it. So then I started scaling and, uh, and we, we were doing really good. I started scaling in 2018 and by the middle of 2019, we were going to be at about 10 properties and we were already doing deals with other investors to manage their properties. We had a plan where we were going to be at 20 properties uh, around 2019, just off of our trajectory. And, you know, I, I, I couldn't have, you know, uh, I couldn't have felt better. You know, it was like, Oh, things are going great. And I, 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 I did everything right. And I'm following, I'm following the playbook. Uh, I'm doing good. So just, I want everybody to think like, think like that. Think you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're riding high, you're feeling good. And, and, and let's put it like this. I don't want to say that everything was just always great. There's the typical growing pains and yeah. the things you have to learn operations wise. Like, you know, I definitely took losses there, but we still kept going and we're doing good. So you're, you're already dealing with, you know, the growing pains of scaling a business. So things were good, but there was a ton of stuff to do. I was super stressed. I was like, Oh, I'm always thinking of what I need to do next. So again, we're right there right now. Picture waking up, going to your computer. You already have a ton of other things you need to think about, you know, (laughs) But then you go to your computer and you see a little email. Oh, 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 I forgot to say. I even put on Google, like I was really, I was, I was, like I have to pat myself on the back here. I actually forgot about some of this stuff. I even put in Google 
uh, I forget what it's called, but I think it's Google Alerts where you yep. can put a keyword in. Yeah. yeah. And I put, uh, it was like Detroit Airbnb. And so anytime something came out with regards to that, I would get a notification. I never got a notification for like years. And then all of a sudden I wake up, notification in my email inbox, Detroit Airbnb. Okay. I click on it. Detroit is voting on an Airbnb ban that's going to, uh, and this is going to be voted on in two weeks. Wow. And then they talk about all this stuff. So not only did I realize that, oh crap, in two weeks, I could lose my whole business based on what they're saying here, mm-hmm. because what it, it, what it constituted to was basically a complete ban to anybody who's operating a business, even if they only have one property. Yeah. So wow. uh, basically I went from thinking about my business in a regular sense to, Oh, now I might lose everything in two weeks. And I'm looking at the news article. I found out that they actually had meetings prior to this, but nobody was paying attention to it because you can't just get that going in two weeks. They were doing this for months, but it wasn't getting out there. Nobody was paying attention. And I don't blame them because people don't know about this stuff. I'm not a politician. I'm not somebody who has experienced this. I had no idea that how any of this worked. So that was what I woke up to that morning. And yeah, uh, let's say nothing was the same after that time that I looked at that email. I'm like, oh, crap. So you have like, the, I guess the stages of grief. I don't remember them all, but it's, what is it? it's like denial. I definitely denied it. If I was like, no way, they can't really do this. Right. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, wait, no, they, they actually could do this. And, and I'm calling people and it's, oh, wait, oh, they could do this. And Airbnb has to comply. And mm. like, it'll be on the platform. Like I can't, it's going to be very hard or impossible to get around. Oh, crap. Um, this is real. So there was the denial. Um, well, let's just say the denial part was there. I, I don't remember all the other stages. Yeah. I, let's say I went through all those super quick because <laughs> I realized then I have to take action. Yep. So, what so was, yeah, I was going to say, what was that like the next day or with the next moment where you're like, okay, I got to do something. Where did you, yeah. where did you go? So uh, I, I called a few people that I knew in the industry. And, the, and that's the other thing. I didn't know a lot of people in the industry. I knew people, you know, kind of nationwide. And like, I knew, I knew a couple of people, right. Yeah. But I, and I think a lot of people are in the same position. They, they're not very connected to the other hosts in their own area. Correct. And I wasn't, Correct. I was in my own bubble. So I didn't have too many people to talk to. Uh, so I've talked to a couple of people that I knew didn't get, you know, much solutions, just more problems like, Oh yeah, this is real. Yeah. They can do this. And this is going to happen in two weeks. Uh, so I did what, what I thought was best. I literally started messaging people on Airbnb and thank goodness I did this on a different account because this was, this is considered solicitation and Airbnb can like block your account for this. But I was messaging people, um, hosts and they're just saying, Hey, they're proposing a ban. We need to meet up. And I, I like, I just was, okay. I, if if I don't know anything else and nobody else is doing anything, I'm just going to do it myself. So I, I messaged people to meet me at a, uh, I was, it's funny. It was a, it was a wine bar that was uh, next to one of my properties. And I'm like, okay, I know them. They're cool. I know I could set this up in 24 hours. They will like reserve some space for me in this wine bar. And I'm like, guys, meet me here. We need to talk about this stuff. I think three people showed up. I think I I must've messaged 50 plus people. I think three people showed up. Um, But I did what anybody, you know, I feel in my position would think to do that had no idea how to get started. Uh, You just, go with what you, you know, you just, you, you're kind of just shooting at the hip to see what sticks. So I just started reaching out to people on Airbnb. Luckily I did find out that 
there was a Facebook group mm. of just like a host Facebook group, not an advocacy group, but uh, just a group where people were planning to meet on this too. And so then I went to that meeting and I found out that basically everybody was in the same boat that I was in, or it, even a little bit worse. They, they knew even less about what was going on. So then I realized, oh, wow, I really do need to take this on my, like in my own hands and, you know, let, let's try and get this going. So after that meeting, then we went to uh, uh, one of our first city council meetings just to understand what was going on. And like, I, I called this phase like the, the suck phase <laughs> because I was just trying to figure stuff out and everything, like basically everything I had tried was not working well, but that's the learning process. And this is the process that I really want other people to be able to skip because if you do this the right way, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but you don't have to feel like I felt. Yeah. And you're actually favored to win these sorts of things. Um, but a lot of people don't know that. So going back to that, though, um, I just started going to meetings, trying to figure out how things worked. I introduced myself to city council members at the meetings and stuff. Uh, and it was just a lot of trying to figure things out. I remember I went to one meeting and this was the person that... Um, was spearheading this bill. So she's the one that wanted Airbnb's ban. Mm. I went to one of her town hall meetings and again, she was super nice. Like, I'm not going to mention her name. Cause like we're yeah. again, now it's like a first name basis. Everybody's cool now, but it's a lesson. I went to one of her meetings and I just didn't know how this stuff worked. Um, prior to that, I had gone to a public meeting. A public meeting, you can have somebody take pictures. You can have a camera person because I was going to use this to send to people so they knew what was going on. We end up going there to this town hall and there's like a camera person that I brought over there and uh, every, everybody was cool. And then like she asked me to speak and then I start saying, oh, I just want to thank, you know, this person for bringing this important issue up. And because it is an important issue, but it's being done the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We want rules for the industry to keep out bad actors yeah. and to have a set of rules in place. That means we're advancing as an industry, mm -hmm. but we don't want to ban, you know, all operators, you know? So I thought it was very nice. And I was like, well, and I, I feel like there's a little bit of misinformation here. And I just want to, you know, let you guys know about what good that short-term rentals do. I got cut off right there. She like, immediately was like, nope, nope, we're not going to have any of this propaganda here. And right. then she's like, who's this camera person over here? Uh, tell them to cut that camera off. And like, it just, it just went like horribly bad, you right. know, like I, 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 it was, it was like a super embarrassing moment, but like, I explained that as like a funny story, but I also just explained it as, you know, starting off, if you don't have any guidance, you, it's like, you will run into, you know, just people are not going to be on your side. You can't expect everybody to like you and for everybody to, you know, side with what you're doing, even if you're trying to explain the situation, some, you know, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so you're going to face some adversity um, starting off with this thing. Um, especially if you're, if you haven't done it or have somebody who's done it before. Uh, so I know, that's just a good representation of the beginning suck phase <laughs> where, where I just sucked at this and I was just trying to figure it out. Well, I wouldn't call it suck. It's just like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you didn't know like you know, that her town hall was going to go that way. It was more of a, okay, well, I want to go speak my, my side of the, the industry that people don't know. Like that's, I think that's pretty important. They don't know what we do as operators. They don't know 
the conversations mm-hmm. that we have as an industry on a global micro macro level. Um, and so I think it's always important that like you, like you said, you don't, you didn't know what you didn't know. So from there, what, how did you get people to come together? That's what I want to know is I so sure. like, I'm all about preventative maintenance, right? So you probably know this. Well, not probably, you know, this being an, an operator that you want to put things and procedures and whatever else in place at a property in order to ensure like, you know, preventative maintenance that you, the water heater isn't going to burst. So you, you can put like a sensor on there. You could do all these other things. You could do noise monitoring. You could do insurance. You could do all these things that are preventative maintenance. Right. Right. And I, that's what I'm about to like with my business. Like we uh, both joined the chamber of commerce, not only as a member, but as on, a, on, on the board side, like we were on yeah. both boards. So uh, to, to be on top of these things in case. And so for you, how did you get people together? in order to right. start getting that into place. Cause like this was kind of a, you woke up and boom, you had that, yeah. that Google alert. So yeah, got that Google alert. It was literally, it was, it was like the bat signal basically, <laughs> yeah. but I wasn't, ba- I wasn't Batman or, <laughs> or whatever, you know, I, I, I had no skills at that point. I just had to act. And yeah. um, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what I uh, consult people on now where it's like, meaning that's one of my biggest things that I tell people is, start this early so you don't have to be in my position. If you are in my position, this is what you need to do so you can actually win this. And you're actually very favored to win, but you need to start now. So I'm glad you brought that up. And and this is what we did. And I'll kind of tie it into what people can do without being under the gun and having an impending ban already happening. So the way that we got the people together was simply just saying that we were going to head this off. And what I mean by that is when I went to that first meeting from the Airbnb, uh, the Facebook group, yeah. remember I said that I got there and I was, I was expecting somebody else to be the leader. I was like, oh man, somebody's already put a meeting together. They must know what's going on. And they must be, I bet there's like a management company that, <laughs> yeah. that has the units and they're like, oh yeah, they, they got this ready. They, they've raised all the money. They're good. I was the biggest fish in the room. And, and I was like, oh crap. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really up to me. So there was, I don't know, it's probably about 20 people there and everybody was just kind of talking about stuff. And then I had just brought up things that I had researched that day in terms of like, is this really, should, should things be banned in Detroit? And I found so much data showing that that is not the case. That shouldn't be the case at all. Yeah. And like, they were talking about, oh, one person was actually, oh, you know, this affordable housing, this is actually a real issue. And I was like, well, no, actually this data shows that a, a lot of uh, short-term rentals helped bring back neighborhoods in Detroit. Mm. Detroit has a house vacancy issue, not an affordable housing or a, or a, let's, let's put it like this, a housing shortage. They have a, they have an issue where they need houses to be rehabbed and neighborhoods revitalized. Yeah. And Airbnb's are one of the first properties that actually come on the market in transitioning neighborhoods because there's a much higher return on investment. Yeah, so people 100%. will take that risk to rehab those houses and then people see a really nice house on the block that's an Airbnb. Oh, guess what? That leads other investors to start investing in that on that block as well. So with an Airbnb comes the rest of the long-term rentals. And there's multiple neighborhoods that have that are super popular now that came into play because of short-term rentals. And it's not where it provided housing to only you know a top percentage of people. No, it provided affordable housing. These I'm talking about stuff where you can, you know, rent a space for uh, rent a three bedroom for nine hundred, a thousand dollars a month. So, 
it's, it's actually helping with the affordable housing issue. So these are things that, and again, I didn't know everything. And even that, I didn't know it all to that extent, but I was bringing up these things that, you know, are facts. And I'm like, oh, wait, okay. Yeah, everybody's in the same boat right now. Nobody is going to do this if I don't do it. So me just saying, hey, you know, let's start this association because I heard this is how we have to, you know, formally talk to city council. You know, we want to show that we're an actual a group, not just individuals that have a problem. So I was like, okay, let's call ourselves the Detroit Short Terminal Association. And I literally, like, I went there thinking that people were going to be, like, you know, doing this already to me, whipping out my laptop. And I'm like, okay, Detroit Short Terminal Association. <laughs> and people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about this, this too? This, this. Like, I'm literally, like, doing the work now. Like, so it, I, I want to really stress that it's not as hard as people might think to get the people um, in your organization because you're doing a job that in this industry, most people don't want to do. They're either not familiar with it or they don't want to do it or both. Yeah. There are other things that can be done as well. And uh, if you want, I can go into that. That's more in like the middle point of, of my journey because we're, st- we're still a little bit of that, that, that learning, that learning suck phase. You know what I mean? The, the, but uh, you know, ju- I really stress to just get started and let people in your groups know that you're doing this. You will get people joining just because of that, because like, it's only going to be more prevalent. The fact that people need to focus on regulations. Like as soon as more news articles come out for different cities, it's going to be more on people's minds. Yeah. So if you're saying, Hey, I'm going to make sure that we're represented so that we don't have unfair regulation um, come into play in our city. People are going to be like, Oh, thank you. We've been looking for this. This needs to happen. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah. That's literally what happened to me. And that's what's happened to many, like in, in places where I've uh, helped others. That's exactly what happens there. Um, and, and like, so I've seen it happen and that's really all you need to do to start. And there is more you can do after that. Well, I was going to say, and for me, this is why I love the one, the industry. And I, I love the fact of just advocacy in general, because you're not becoming an advocate for the industry of short-term rentals. You're becoming an advocate for the destination, the local businesses, mm-hmm. the tourism that helps fund and create wealth in a specific area, whether it's through um, the small businesses that are operating in your neighborhood or your city, but like you're becoming an advocate for the destination in a, at a bigger level because you know, like I, I I'll always love to use my destination. For example, like we have no hotel in our main mm-hmm. city and the little Island that's attached to us. We have no hotel, none at all. So when people come into wow. town for, um, sporting events or maybe our summer <clears throat> concert series that gets put on or uh, the whatever you know seasonal event that we have there's nowhere for them to stay mm-hmm. other than a short-term rental so right. so you know when all that is coming in, if there's nowhere to stay again mm-hmm. like in, in Detroit there's tons of hotels so uh, not saying that like but that for this destination if they were to get rid of short-term rentals well now these small businesses granted they won't get a huge impact taken away from them, but they'll still get enough impact where it sucks because no one's going to come here for an extended period of time if there's nowhere to stay, right? So that means less dollars, less sales tax for the city, less tourism tax, whatever that may be, that's revenue for this destination. And so, and like, that's what I'm pretty sure you saw through your journey after you got out of the suck phase, like what, like part were you, because you were not just trying to advocate for yourself, you're trying to advocate one for the industry, the destination as a whole, 
Well, so mm-hmm. what were those things that, that I guess that step after creating the association, getting that built, right. forming this alliance with your your I guess you could look at as competitors um, uh, in the in the, in the area as well. We so, that we weren't right, yeah, yeah. but yes, that's, I think that's what keeps a lot of people separate too. They they're afraid to share information, but yes. Uh, so no, uh, this is this is the perfect segue segue into the into the medium the the, the middle phase here. Um, so. Uh, after just kind of learning the ropes and, 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 and getting some hard knock, I started getting people that were also committed like me to some extent, meaning what will happen is if you're putting stuff together and this is something that, you know, people care about and people I'm telling you in every city, like if you talk about what's, what's going on, there's going to be people that care about it, especially if there's a band that's coming up there. We, we, we found somebody that was good with or decent with creating a website they had set up a GoFundMe page. So they're like, oh, I can help set up our GoFundMe page and uh, we can, you know, do a Squarespace website that's really easy. And, 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 and there's people that are ready to join in and help you out with certain things. That is, uh, and then there will also be people that will basically help give you information to help you on your journey. So a lot of the stuff I had to figure out on my own, but I was also guided by just, oh, I, you know, somebody in another industry, oh, well, actually, this is how you should approach city council or you end up talking to a, a political consultant that's just interested in short-term rentals. And it's like, Oh man, this is interesting. Well, Hey, here's how some of this stuff works with city council. So you're like, this is how I was able to put together and become the expert is by piecing together, you know, different uh, tidbits from other people and through my own experience, putting that all together. So that's where this phase comes into play. And this is where things really started to pick up. So with regards to getting people together, um, what we ended up doing was we first, you know, got on that, uh, the, the Facebook group and we talked to people there. And then what we ended up doing is messaging people to sign up for our email list. And one of the big things that was helpful to, because at this point we, with this Facebook group, we could message people and let people know, Hey, sign up to this email list. Right. And, uh, and they would do that, but we wanted to get this to a wider, uh, audience as well. So we did two big things. One thing that we did is we started using Facebook ads and it's, I am not a Facebook ad expert. This is not something anybody needs to be to really do this. Um, it's, it's actually very easy, the level that you need to do it. But what we did was we, we basically started an event. We were saying we were going to have an event that, uh, where we're going to talk about this stuff and, uh, and, and you guys need to come. And we told everybody on Facebook, uh, in the groups, and we had people, you know, posted on their Instagram pages and all that stuff, you know, just easy free word of mouth. But what we also did is we made a Facebook ad and it, it was like, it might've cost between 10 to $25 a day to put, to put it up for a week. So this is a small amount of money to pay, to blast this to a lot of people. And what we ended up doing was that actually went viral we ended up getting about 800 people um, like liking it and then people commenting on it. There's actually a flame war on the ad. And uh, it was like, that was the best example of any publicity is good publicity because that just made it even more popular. And, and it was basically like save Airbnbs in Detroit. Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send you the, the ad. Cause I like, I have it like stored away on my computer. as just like, Oh, the, you know, this, this is where it all started. You know, I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, and that, that ad went, uh, viral in the city. And, uh, what we also did is 
and, and this is something that I think a lot of people don't know, Airbnb and other uh, uh, OTAs, they want to, you know, they want you to stay in business. Now, they can't do your job for you, which is why you are not advocating for Airbnb. That's the wrong way to go. You are advocating for your community. It's all about your community, the regular folks in your city. That's who you should be advocating for. And it's working together with those companies. That's where you can, you know, make things happen. But one doing it, like they definitely can't make things happen. And if you're doing it alone, you, you can make things happen more because you actually represent the community but it's better to work with both. So um, we ended up getting in touch with some people in the policy team at Airbnb. And they were like, yeah, hey, we'll come down to Detroit uh, if you're hosting this meeting. We, you know, we've heard about this meeting. This is really good. We'll come down. So we ended up having this meeting. Um, it was way better than the last meeting we did with three people. We ended up having about 70 people uh, at this one. And it was, this is really good. And I'm actually skipping one where actually we did another meeting prior to that which did have some more people, but this was what really, it was kind of like, again, a learning process. Like the first meeting sucked. <laughs> the second meeting, we got more people. I found out who to speak to, you know, the Facebook group that really helped. And then we did Facebook ads for this next meeting, which had about 70 people, Airbnb uh, officials came down and we just really let people know what was going on. And what this did was we had everybody sign up on the email list and getting the emails is super important because this allows you to retain these individuals. So on our ad, we had uh, the, the ability to sign up on the email list. And we also did that at the party as well. So this allowed us to build an email list of about 800 to 1,000 people. And most of these people were vacation rental investors. So with that email list, you then can, whenever something is happening at city council, you can send a blast email to everybody and say, hey, you guys need to come up here to city council. They're trying to you know, vote on this. or trying to do X, Y, and Z. So this was like the big piece that allowed us to mobilize everybody. You know, it went from having three people at a meeting to then having 70 people and then having 800 people on an email list. Um, and again, this was not something that took a ton of money. This was something where the only thing that we spent in terms of marketing for this, besides, you know, just like buying drinks for the for the event and, you know, doing your typical party planning stuff, right, um, is the Facebook ads. And this is stuff, it's funny, even uh, it's, it's so easy that even Airbnb's policy team um, I remember they were trying to sh- uh, show us and be like, hey, you guys can do Facebook ads. I'm like, oh, we already did that. It's like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> cool, cool. So they even advocate for people to do this too. Um, but that's how we built that, uh, that group. And again, it's, it's much easier than it seems. Doing Facebook ads or doing this kind of stuff for purely business purposes is much harder yeah. because you're not talking about a nonprofit. You're not, you know, you're talking about, you're going into different channels where other people are competing and, and it drives the price up. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about nonprofit advocacy stuff and it's, okay, we want to bring this out to just people in this city. We don't need to go worldwide or we even go even deeper. We only want to reach people in real estate or, you know, people that have real estate in their, their bio or whatever. It's much more, it's much cheaper and it's much easier to do. So uh, again, like th- this is what I instruct other people on how to do and everything, but it's, it's easy it's, it shouldn't be daunting. I know it feels that way, but uh, that was the way that we built that group um, initially. So can, I, can I ask you, Theron, what was the big takeaway for the city council to lift this motion of putting a ban in place? 
I'm so glad you uh, you said that. The big takeaway, and you know, people say so many different things, and I don't blame them because this is what you hear in the news. They say, "Oh man, you know, they want to ban stuff because of." Uh, you know, the hotel industry is behind it or they're, you know, it's affordable housing. That's, that's a big issue um, uh, in taxes that gets brought up as well. And I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest thing that caused us to win was awareness. Mm. People, especially in your own industry, you think people know more about your industry than they actually do. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's, I feel like there's a word for this. I, I can't, literally, I literally will tell people like, they're like, Oh, so what do you do? Like what kind of business do you have? I'm like, Oh, I have a short term rental management company. And they're like, what, what's that? I'm like, like kind of like Airbnb, right, kind of like, right. Air, like Airbnb. And they're like, Oh, so you, you, you rent things on Airbnb. That's all you do. And I was like, it's a little yeah, bit different than yeah, that. Right. Like, granted, Airbnb is a household name now, but like it, you kind of like no one understands until you say Airbnb. And then they automatically assume kind of like that you know, air mattress in your spare bedroom type accommodation sometimes. Um, exactly. So yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Exactly. And, and the thing is, it's such a simple, you, you think it's such a simple solution, but there is a very, you, you have to go about it in a structured way. Yeah. And, and, and from my research and from what I've been doing with other cities around the world, I've realized that this is the cause of like all of the bad things, the regulations that is usually the cause. Mm. It's literally because they are trying to solve a problem and they throw the baby out with the bathwater because they don't really know about this industry. They don't know that it's local folks in their city that make up 70 to 90% of all of the uh, uh, investors and operators. It's not like big conglomerates or even people like me that have you know double digits in, with regards to properties. It's, yeah. it's, it's really people that have maybe one to two and they're using it to pay their mortgages. They're using it to pay their bills. They're, you know, it's, it's, they don't understand the ecosystem and they put in regulations that are unfair because of it. Yeah. And the issue with that, especially in mid to large cities, there, you have to go about that via a certain channel. You can't just stand up at city council and say, hey, this is affecting my, you know, my home. This is affecting my livelihood. That, that's not the way that, 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 that it has to be done. You have to basically speak their language and do things via their channels. And that's what we learned to do towards the middle part. And then the end is when, you know, uh, the, the band got pulled and, and, and it was like, hooray. Uh, so, you know, in gaining that a group of, uh, of people for the organization, you know, we, we got all these names on the email list. We then had a way first off to, Hey, if they're having a meeting on this, tell everybody to show up and we could make it to where people will show up to these meetings. So at least they see a ton of people care about this issue, but that, that wasn't all that we needed to do. What we also had to do was we needed to basically get in a room with them. And that's different than getting in a room with them, in terms of going into the city council public meetings, yeah. you need to go professionally in a room with them. So any other industry, they have a political consultant that you know has connections with these city council members, and they will get you into the room through the right, right way. People, I think, very much so underestimate the effect of that. They think, oh, well, I could get into the room, you know, another way. I could, you know, call their office and try and get on a waiting list or blah, blah, blah. Or even if you get in on your own, they're going to look at you totally different than if you come representing an association and a, a consultant that they know and they do business with. They go to church with them. They mm. go to golf games with them, brings you into the room and starts talking about this stuff. 
And that was one of the big things that we needed to do. So I, I really see it as like, I call it kind of like the three pillars where you have, you have to have your association. So you have to have your own group. You need to be able to get in the room one-on-ones with these, uh, with the people that have the, uh, the, the, the power to, to do these bands. It's usually city council. And then you also want to have a good relationship with uh, Airbnb or any or, or VRBO, whoever's really heading things over there. You want to keep that relationship too, because yeah. they're going to tell you about what they're doing on their end. And they're going to also give you help and, 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 and basically guide you in certain ways as well. So it's like doing those three things, especially in mid to large cities is the way to make these things happen. And, and it's like, if you are missing one of them, you are at a disadvantage. So it's, it's even if you have the same message, even if it's like, it is so all the data is there, you're totally right. If you don't do those three things, then you are at a disadvantage. But if you do those three things, I've never seen someone lose if they did those three things. So those three things were what saved you guys? Yes, okay. exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. So, you know, it was but, all, yeah, it was learning how to put those things together and because it's, it's, I guess I'd say it's easier said than done, yeah. but if, if you know how to do it, you can, it, it's, it's very, it's easier to do. It's, yeah. it's something that you don't need to be a politician. You know, you can do this stuff, but you have to know these things that you have to do. And, you know, again, that came from a ton of trial and error, a ton of trying a bunch of different things. Um, I mean, I didn't, I, I left out the part where I was putting together so much data and I was about to present a whole data thing at a city council. I mean, it's like, oh, wait, wait, they don't care about this. Like, it's not that they don't care, but this is not going to resonate. You know, like you need some data, but you don't, you're, you're not going to do a PowerPoint presentation to city council and like give them numbers and make them change their mind. This is an emotional thing it's always based on like relationships and emotions because mm. they're doing this based on you know they want to they want to think about it like this so these individuals are elected by voters right and voters they're not lo- looking at data and all of this other stuff they're voting on the issues like that that hit them emotionally if all they're hearing is that their voters are saying that Airbnb is messing with affordable housing. It's making it hard to get a home. It's uh, e- even when that's not the case. It's it's it, there's a bunch of party houses everywhere. It's it's unregulated. It's it's causing you know it's 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 bringing in crime and all this stuff. Even if that's not the case, that's what they're going to resonate with because they know that that's what their voters care about too. So again, by going through the proper channels, you have to bring in the emotional stuff as well. Um, and you have to go through the right channels uh, so that they're able to listen. Um, and then to go with, to, to go further with what you were saying about, um, like, how did you bring that awareness to them? So I talked about bringing people into the room, right? And so we had the political consultant to get us into the room, but it wasn't me explaining my case, you know, me having 10 properties, like, oh, you know, this is just really bad for, for my business. Oh, like, what am I going to do? Like that, that they don't care about that. And that, and I, let's put it like this. I shouldn't care about that either because that's not the issue for the community. It really isn't. What really matters is again, the regular Detroiters that are using this as their main source of income. And for various reasons, this is going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is when we got into these rooms, Remember, we had this group of people that we had already gotten together 
that, so we knew all of the stories of the people in Detroit. So we would bring in somebody from their district that represents their, you know, that, that has a, a story that will resonate with them. That's representative of most of the people in that city or that in the city or the district. And we got them to tell their story. So I'll give a, a quick example. We brought somebody in who uh, they have a property management company. They're, they're, they're newlyweds. They had just started this, this, this business and they, they, they developed properties in, um, and they're a small business, they, but they were starting to rehab properties and rent them out. And these were affordable properties, you know, for uh, that, that, that people would be able to afford. And what they did is they used Airbnb uh, on some of the properties to help pay for all the rehabs and bring new houses that are long-term rentals on the market. And again, this is a small company. This is, you know, it's like a, a literally a mom and pop, a new mom and pop, by the way, because they're newlyweds and she was six months pregnant. And wow. during, yeah, during all of this time, they're getting all this stuff together. They're, they're building their nest egg. You know, this is what they put all of their money into and they're about to lose their right to host, which is going to ruin their business. Yeah. And now she has a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. So we brought her in and her husband and they talked to the city council member about, you know, about what this does for them. And it, it, it and it's not about like, we, we brought about some data, but it's really talking about like having people share their story. Mm. So she shared her story, what was so good about this and what would happen if this was banned and how it would be detrimental to her family. And we did this with most of the city council members. We brought in representatives that could share their story um, to these city council members. And that's what brought that awareness. But again, you know, I, I have to stress that it wasn't, it's not as simple as, okay, hey, you guys go to the city council meeting and get on you know, the podium and you can speak for three minutes about how this affects you. That is effective and you want to do that, but you need to be able to get into a room one-on-one with somebody. Like you have to really go deep and, and basically I call it getting the politicians to listen and to get them to listen, you have to speak on what they really, really care about in a very singular way. So when you bring in somebody from their district, you know, that voted them in, and somebody who, you know, uh, their, um, what their stances are, like what they're fighting for in their position, these people are, are, are who they're fighting for. So they're fighting for, you know, uh, uh, affordable housing and, 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 and small business owners. And she's a small business owner bringing affordable housing onto the market. And this is affecting her business. And, you know, and it's going to affect their lives. It might affect their child, right? Yeah. So, like, you see how deep that went? It's like... Yeah, that's resonating to probably to a lot of people, but this was super personal. Yeah, definitely. Well, so for now that you now that you guys got that ban lifted and and moved on, like from from that, what are you what are you doing now? Like, so obviously, so your your company has grown from from this time of getting that ban lifted, and now you're helping others do this in their cities. You're helping people set up associations. You're helping people get the tools and resources that they need. Um, what does that look like in a, in a small window? What does that look like for, for what you guys are doing in the mission? For sure. So um, yeah, when this all happened and, and the band got pulled, like it, it was, it was a really good thing for the city and everything, but like, you know, that feeling just, it, it went away. Meaning like the feeling, of, Oh, I'm going to lose my business. But all of those emotions and everything that happened, that didn't just, 
I didn't forget that, you know? And I was like, dude, I don't want anybody to have to go through what I went through. So like after that, I, I, I was like, I need to make it a mission to help as many cities, help as many organizations, have as many people as possible to not have this happen to them and to, uh, so they can start in, so that they can start sooner and uh, prevent these things as well. So uh, we started a group called the sharing consulting group. And basically what it is, is we work with either existing organizations or we help people build an organization so that they can protect their short-term rentals from unfair regulations. Mm. Um, and one example of this is uh, we helped people in Ferndale. This is a city outside of uh, Detroit. And the way that a lot of these things happen um, with ordinances is when a, a major city brings up an ordinance, other cities around that city will use that as a benchmark to try and do the same thing. Yep. And that's what Ferndale did. Luckily, since we had you know, gotten everything together, we knew the strategy, we knew the playbook at this point, we were able to easily nip that in the bud and, you know, bring the people to resonate with those city council members and and just really do everything, all the steps that we needed to do. And, you know, Airbnbs are legal there to this day. Um, We're also helping people now in Chicago. We've made some really big changes that have already uh, taken place. I can go into that maybe a little bit later, but so we're working in Chicago. We've helped people in Texas. We've helped people in Northern Arkansas. Um, we've even consulted for people in uh, the Shibuya district of Tokyo. And again, like working with these different people and organizations, I, 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 I was always wondering like, did we get lucky or did this, like what happened here, right? Is this, would this work in other places? In every place that I've been to, it's, 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 it's just, it's like the same thing, just a different story. Mm-hmm. So the same bare um, strategy is applicable in every situation that I've seen. It's just, maybe they care about something different. The community looks a little different. The powers that be are different. For instance, in Chicago, it's not city council that has the power to do this. They're called aldermen. They have the power to do this. Mm. So it's literally like a stencil where you just have to paint in the different people. And it's like, okay, this is how it's set up. This is what you need to do to make this happen. So that's what we've been doing. And we really want to, you know, do this. We want to create as many associations as possible and protect as many short-term rentals as possible worldwide. Um, We do have a a, a number right now. We actually did the first Airbnb uh, slash short-term rental association fundraiser on Clubhouse. And and this was like, we were just experimenting. We didn't do a whole lot of publication. We didn't know if people would really care about this. And the goal was to raise money for short-term rental associations like uh, Keep Chicago Livable, Sharing Detroit, um, like associations in other places as well. And we ended up raising, it was like $2,000 per hour. We were on there for about three hours and we ended up raising about $6,000. And, you know, like, that was just an experiment. And what we want to do now is we want to raise $60,000 for organizations worldwide, because we're realizing that this is something that people are resonating with. And we're able to, as long as we keep going and let people know, hey, we can help you get some funding that you need so that you can keep fighting these fights. And, you know, things are happening right now uh, worldwide with regards to regulations because of COVID-19. So, I feel like it's the perfect storm where we're able to help as many people as possible for the impending 
legislation that's going to be coming out. So that's one of the things that we're really looking to do at this point. Um, and, and we can talk about where people can donate and, and, and whatnot as well. Uh, we're going to be rolling out a lot more things with regards to this. So people have the opportunity to learn more and donate. But uh, that's our mission right now. We want to get, you know, protect as many people as possible worldwide with short term rentals um, and, and, and protect them from uh, unfair regulation. <clears throat> I love that. I love that. So I guess this is a perfect opportunity to let you do that. Where can people find out more? Where can people go to at least be informed? Like I've already mentioned right. them on the show, you know, Rent Responsibly has been a great, uh, great friend and, and asset of, of the show. But then uh, with what you guys are doing, where can people find out more? Where can they go donate if they're in the industry and they're wanting to, you know, give back in, in, in different ways? What Where can that um, be done? Perfect. So, um, and this is a, a funny thing. Uh, it's something that I've noticed. Like, we're always so busy working with other organizations. It's like we've created and helped people create uh, and worked with organizations. And then it's like, oh, wait, we, 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 we haven't been focusing on, on the overarching organization. Like, man, I guess there's only so much that we can do. So what we really like people to do at this point is to reach out to me at Theron. So my name is T-H-E-R-O-N at sharingdetroit.org. That was the association that I created. And that's kind of where I do a lot of my emails and all that stuff. But it is Detroit centric. But that is the perfect place to reach out to me. We are going to be uh, adding in like a, a, a special domain for people to go to. Um, but you can reach me totally at any time at Theron at sharingdetroit.org. And that's for anything and not just Detroit related matters. And also uh, follow me on Clubhouse because that's where I do a lot of the centralized stuff anyways. And my, uh, and I know this will be in the description, but my name on Clubhouse is at Theron L. So you can reach out to me on Clubhouse. You can reach out to me at Theron at sharingdetroit.org. Perfect. Now that's awesome. And we will definitely have that in the show notes, like as we always do for every episode. Um, so if you're listening, definitely go check it out. This is something important. I think every operator, short-term rental host, manager, owner, investor, you name it, should be at least aware of tools, resources, where to go if and when and or when things like this pop up in their destination, because it's just really important. Again, you don't want to wake up one day and get a Google alert saying that, you know, it's, it's time doors are uh, shutting. So I still I, get flashbacks to this day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to do that to you. I promise. I think I'm going to be telling my grandkids about that story. It's, it's going to be like one of those wars where it's like, Oh man, Oh, and you'll never believe what happened in uh, oh, 2019. My goodness. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and again, Will, thanks so much for uh, providing this uh, platform to, to, to spread the word here. And I, I want to give a, a big shout out to Rit Responsibly because they are one of the few people that are in this fight as well. We need as many people as possible to join in. So if you're interested in volunteering, interested in, I mean, we've actually hired some people as well. So it's like, you know, and, and, I, and I didn't really talk about some of the business, the, the huge business benefits that, that you can get from this. But if you want to be involved, please let me know. And this is something that is not only good for people that you're working with, but you're, it's also good for your business. Because uh, myself, my business grew massively after getting this band pulled because I helped build this community. 
And this, you know, this community doesn't go away. Yeah. Now I'm connected to all of the vacation rental investors in the city. Yeah. So I didn't have to do marketing. I didn't have to find properties anymore. The deals would come to me. So, um, and I think I mentioned this on one of my clubhouse uh, rooms, but as soon as that band got pulled and we all realized, oh, we can start operating again without doing any marketing, I got 20 contracts in two months. Wow. And it was, yeah, 20 manager contracts in two months. And I got multiple uh, property deals thrown my way. Like it was, it, it, you know, this, you want to talk about karma and just paying stuff forward. Yeah. Like people remember that stuff. And it's not just about you winning, but it's like people will know who you are because you're doing a very special role in your city. So they'll respect you and they'll, they'll know, Hey, this guy, he's, he's out here doing stuff for me. Um, and, and, and they'll remember your name when they need other stuff. So I just want to give one quick story of somebody else who also got a lot of success. And, and, and this is somebody who um, he, he would say I'm probably his mentor, his coach, but it was one of those things where he joined out of his own, you know, he didn't pay me or anything like that. He joined and volunteered for sharing Detroit right after the band got pulled. And he had just uh, started out with one unit. He was doing one rental arbitrage unit. In literally a year and a half, and most of this happened sooner. And this is through COVID, by the way. So, you know, we could probably cut that in half, right? But a year and a half through COVID, he went from having one rental arbitrage property to now having five, uh, three of those he owns. Oh, wow. And yeah, and now he's doing rehabs and flips of Airbnbs in Detroit mm. through all of the connections that he made from sharing Detroit. He got access to our mailing list. He got access to all of our connections. And he was able to ask me about anything with regards to operating vacation rentals because I had done it. And it's like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. So he, for free, joined the group. And because he volunteered, he was able to grow his business massively. And actually one of his properties, um, I think I might send you the link because it is beautiful. And uh, he, like his property got uh, booked by MTV oh, nice. to do one of their reality shows <laughs> and they needed a really nice property to film it in. And uh, luckily I don't think it was one of those rowdy ones. It was, it was, it was a pretty chill reality show. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you would want a bunch of damages, you know, <laughs> but I'm sure, Hey, MTV's footing the bill. So it's all good. Yeah, yeah. But like, this is the height that he rose to just by getting involved in advocacy. So people, you know, if you, if you don't want to start a group, just join a group. Yeah. You might have a group in your area already and the connections that you get there do not underestimate those because that's literally the key to really growing a successful business is being around the right people. And there's tons of stories of people who have done just, just what uh, Ed did. That's his name, Ed Sinna. And it's just a beautiful thing. So I, I, I want to help other people grow their businesses that way as well. So that's something that I also offer to help people with too. Um, because this is, you can do good for your community and do good for your business at the same time. I love that. No, Cause it, again, it comes back down to your advocate. You're advocating for more than just your business or the short-term rental industry. You're, you're advocating for the destination, the community, the people involved, exactly. you know, the people that are the movers <clears throat> and shakers, the, the innovators, the, you know, whatever the go-getters you're, 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 you're advocating for them as well. And I think that's just what I love about the industry, you know, the most like, we're such a small community, but we're such a big community at the same time and, and on a global scale. 
So getting to mm-hmm. meet people like you and our friend Julie George and all these other yeah. people that we're getting to connect with because of short term rentals and that like that community base uh, is just super important. So I love that. I love that it's what you guys are doing. I love your mission. Uh, again, I, when I first heard you on Clubhouse, I was like, "Yep, this is a guy." Uh, one, I want to align with. Two, I got to learn a lot from. And three, uh, I want to have on the podcast because I just feel like the the story that you tell, the stuff that you went through, the things that you learned are super uh, you know, applicable to this day for, for people in the industry globally and, and especially in the United States. So I just really want to say thank you. And of course, just for anybody who's listening to check out the show notes, check them out, you know, sharing Detroit, you know, dot org is going to be really important. So Follow that link. Go to it. Check out Thurin. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. It's incredible. Well, the, the, as you know, the pleasure was all mine. And uh, I'm just looking to, uh, looking forward to a bright, bright future yes. for our industry. And, you know, with what we're all doing, um, I just really don't see anything but that. Like, there's so much opportunity now for all of us and uh, for everybody who's starting out people who are already here, if we focus on the right things, like, you know, it's just beginning. There's so much uh, growth for this industry and so much good that can, you know, be had for, for, for many people. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more. Well, you heard it, Slick Talkers. Go ahead, check out the show notes, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. I could not be more thankful that you chose my podcast to listen to today. Now, I also couldn't be more thankful for the amazing partners and sponsors I have for the show. We have Hostfully.com, NoiseAware.com, and Safely.com, and you can check out more about my sponsors on the Slick Talk website, where I have the Sponsors and Partners page. Now, thank you for tuning in, and enjoy another episode. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.